Hey, welcome to the Star Wars episode of Bushwick's Breakaway. It's spoiler-filled. If you haven't seen Star Wars, you should probably not listen to this. But thanks for downloading. Appreciate it. Today, I have my co-host, as always, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Hello. And I also brought our back, a, he's now a re recurring guest, my friend Angel Gonzalez, who was on for the infamous serial episode. Angel, you're calling in through phone and you sound like shit. What's up, man? Hey, how we doing, guys? Pretty great. Uh, I know you've got to go at some point, so uh, we'll keep you on for as long as we can, and then you go and leave us whenever. But we're here to talk Star Wars. You and I happen to work together, Angel, and we talk Star Wars a lot. Uh, the Last Jedi is a very controversial film in its ratings. There was a uh, an alt right group that came out and said they were downvoting it on Rotten Tomatoes. There is like there's a lot of fans that have a lot of problems with it. Let's break down what we officially think of that, but let's start with asking Greg, because I have no idea what he thinks. Okay. Uh, put me on the spot. I like it. I love it. Like it? So, love it? Need some more of it? Here's my thing. It's an enjoyable movie. It's long, but it's enjoyable. The reason why I liked it more than some of the uh, people that are really down on this movie, let, let's be honest for a second about um, episode seven. Episode 7 is phenomenal, but it's a straight remake. It's it's episode 4. It's the same thing. It hits all the same beats. It does everything the same. It's a great remake, but it's a remake. So The Last Jedi could have done two things. It could have become a remake of Empire and gone down that road, or it could have delved off into its own path. And I love that the, they decided to go a completely different way and take this where, somewhere new that we haven't seen before in this universe. Angel? All right, so my favorite thing about The Last Jedi is how <laughs> divisive it is. In what way? Because honestly, I still have to see the movie again. I really can't give it, like, if I had to rate it right now, I'd give it like a, like a seven and a half, a seven maybe. I agree with Greg. Um, there are ways it could have went that would have felt kind of derivative. It would have ended up feeling like Empire. And I think specifically the movie tries to set up an Empire-esque feeling only to, uh, you know, flip the table on you. These are the things I appreciate. My main issue with The Last Jedi is that I don't think the subversive, the subversive elements are executed the best they could have been. So I have no problem with the direction. I just have problems with the execution. Well, in the execution, and let's talk about this because I'm going to get hyped up right now. How useless is the Rose Finn storyline? It's the most, maybe one of the most used, it's not even a B plot. It's hardly a C plot. And the payoff for it is a part that shouldn't, for me, be even be in the movie. When, it, when Finn is rushing towards the blaster, the mini Death Star, by the way, uh, to aka destroy it somehow, Rose comes and just hits him out of it. And they've had no romantic co connection the entire time. They've kind of been buddy-buddy. And then she says, we're going to have to win this together with love. And kisses him. There is no more useless character in any Star Wars Well, I can't say this. She's a very useless star character in this Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt... Sorry, Jar Jar. Uh, I, felt, I, I felt no connection to her. I felt nothing. Finn dying there would have been really, really, really powerful. And he just doesn't... Apparently, you know, it was a really not a great movie for Finn. He kind of wakes up. He has water spraying at him. He's where's Ray? Goes to a casino planet, which is absolutely useless. Uh, and if if he's taken out of the movie, the movie becomes instantly better. And then Rose is a character they kind of like sort of forced on uh, the audience. I did not like at all. I, it, okay, so it's... I'm not. 
I'm not going to disagree about Rose, the Rose Finn stuff. I understand why it's included. It's the further, like, the primary theme in the movie, which is about heroism and it can come from anywhere, yada, yada. Uh, but for the most part, I agree. I, I just thought the whole Rose Finn thing was useless. There was an opportunity for them to kill Finn in the movie that would have been subversive like the rest of it and would have furthered the theme that they're trying to push. They could have did that. They could have killed Finn. Left Rose out of it. I think that would have been awesome. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So I agree with you on that part, but I'm sure those parts we'll get to that I don't agree on. Yeah, it, it's obviously not my favorite uh, romantic comedy storyline that I've ever been involved with. Um, I, I, I think she serves... It's, it's one of those things where, while I think she serves a purpose, I, how much of this movie could time could have been saved if there was just communication between people? Oh, like, like just just tell the commander like, hey, we have a, we think we're being tracked. Like forty five minutes, by the way. Track. It's a yeah. long time. Yeah, just I don't know why um, Bo or Poe is just not like, yo, they're tracking us. We need to fix this. And then why the new the new Leia wasn't just like, actually, here's what we're gonna do. They're only tracking our big ship. We're gonna fool them and let all the escape pods go out. And then hold up. Just Hold have on. that conversation. Why are we being so secretive? I don't know. Tell and, them what you know. And what does Poe learn? What does Poe learn from this movie? Don't uh, question authority. Great. I I, I don't I don't know. It's um, wonderful. I will. Okay, so let's dovetail from this a little bit because I I don't want to just gripe on one point. Okay. My the reason why I think um, Episode Eight isn't in my top three Star Wars or Star Wars universe movies is. While what really happens in this movie? Like, what character arc has been advanced? Kylo has kind of. Kylo uh, Ren's definitely advanced. Ray is in the exact same spot she was in when the movie started. Finn is in the exact same spot he was in when the movie started. Poe is in the exact same spot he was in when the movie started. Leia, who they're just going to have to write out somehow of this movie, is in the exact same spot as the movie started. Obviously, Luke, it, it is what it is with him. Like, his, we've got his conclusion. Oh, but do out, we, outside though? of Kylo and Hux, I'll... does anybody's character arc advance significantly in this movie? Yes. So, Kylo goes fully into another way. He goes to a place that Darth Vader never did. If you really think about it, Darth Vader was always a henchman, a lackey. He was a servant of Palpatine. In this time, Kylo Ren is actually the leader. You're now seeing a Star Wars villain who's the actual villain. He's now the big bad, the ending, the overall arching enemy, no matter what. Even though I was rooting for Kylo Ren like half of the movie. So he's, <laughs> he goes, he's got, his arc moves forward. Luke obviously becomes one with the Force. I don't think that's the last we've seen of him either. Rey knows that she can't turn Kylo Ren over now. Finn, I have no idea what happens. And Poe Dameron knows not to, uh question authority because now he needs to be a better leader question mark what is he even doing uh angel i'm sure you you agree with me on some of these things no i agree with you about uh kylo i, I again i i want to get a general feeling about how you guys feel i wonder how you guys feel about the the subversion because i'm getting i feel like that's where audiences are split they're upset about smoke like I, I, I think all that stuff was a good idea. Again, I just think the, the execution wasn't great. So I agree with your, your statement on Kylo, uh, Sunning Snoke. I, I liked it. I really did like it. I just wish I could have felt more 
as these events were taking place, and I can't explain why I didn't feel that much. I just didn't. I got your back, Angel, because you knew nothing about Snoke whatsoever. Haldo was a throw-in character. Um, there was uh, Leia suddenly. I know you like this part, but Leia suddenly gains the Force in a in a in a spot where she should logically die in the movie. I feel like we need to spend time on Leia doing the Mary Poppins. Uh, the Mary Poppins is a. Bi- I have. Yeah. I have no problems with it. You have no. I didn't. Ugh. I didn't have a problem with it either. She's always had the force. We've known that. It's just it, the the thing that I have a problem with is, I mean, obviously, while they're you, you can't predict someone's real life death, and obviously, the world would be a better place if Carrie Fisher was still here. But you have to address that somehow in Episode Nine because she just has to, like, she has to go away somehow. So it, it felt like that was a logical conclusion for Leia in that one moment. Did she really need to come back? Like, was the storyline drastically different because she came back? No. Her whole pur- – well, I guess the purpose was she was still leading the rebellion in that Hoth-like – well, salt-like cavern where they were holding up. And I guess Kylo – you know, he one of the reasons he didn't blast the doors right away is because his mom was in there. That's, he shows the woman of weakness in, in that – um, so that maybe that's her only real purpose, but other than that, just advancing Poe Dameron's story a little bit, that's all I can really think about. Angel? Yeah, I don't, do I don't know. Them? Wait, did, did they... I, I don't think there was any hesitation to blow the door off by Kylo. I think he wanted to blow the door off as soon as the gun was ready. They, they waited. Well, yeah, I guess so. They waited a little bit, though. I mean, they could have been fired at that door right away instead they were firing at Luke. Well, I think they had to prime the gun. I don't think the gun was ready to go. Right, and then that's what Finn was trying to sacrifice himself. Until... But then they fired at the door, and that's when Luke came out. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so we're, you're just wrong? I guess I'm just wrong. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm just wrong on that. The whole point about it is just Kylo keeping her in the movie, or keeping her alive is a point for Kylo because it's, cont- it's contention of maybe it's his weakness of wanting to kill her. Earlier in the movie, he doesn't shoot the, shoot the ship he thinks she's in because she thinks she, he thinks she's in it. That's it. So right. maybe that's her, her purpose going forward. The weakness of Kylo Ren. Possibly. I could see that. Angel? It just, it, it just it seemed like a very natural way to write Leia out of Star Wars. It did. It's- and she got hit by a blaster. And all of a sudden, she Mary Poppins back to the... She's in space. She's cold and dead. And she's like, nah, force pull. I'm going back. Oh, my God. Yeah, force pull. She didn't. She's she's got the force. Right, so so one of my issues with people having an issue with this part is that a major criticism of episode seven was that they didn't show anything with Leia that involved the force. They uh, a lot of people felt robbed of that, and that she would have developed some abilities over time. I feel like episode eight answers answers that cleanly, and specifically that scene is like her flex scene. So Luke gets to flex towards the end, but Leia in space, that was her opportunity to show how, like, that she is powerful, uh, that she has learned things. I thought it was cool. I think the pose was a little too much, but the idea was cool. I think she should have just went sort of, you know, she should have floated back like uh, without really making a pose or opening her eyes, but what are you going to do? She... She she gets full. I I really dislike it. This is kind of a theme with me. Whenever somebody becomes like Superman in a movie, I get upset. Like exactly Guardians of the Galaxy two. I won't get into it. Like when Chris 
Pratt becomes Superman, I just am like, what the fuck? How are they becoming this person? Just like with Ray, um, she just has all these powers. She's an absolute natural at everything she does. And it kind of makes me be like, what the hell? How did you do all this? But then I think to real life, and A-Rod was hitting baseballs out of the park when he was 14 years old, so I guess it just na- does naturally happen. But I don't know why I get so pissed off about it. But I think yeah, and also you would you would have to you would have to invoke a, a shit ton of issues with Star Wars canon in general. So I will, Luke, I mean Luke learns barely learns to use a lightsaber, and then he and then he fights his his dad, who's a legend. Yeah, but uh, his dad goes easy. Like that makes sense. I mean, I guess you could say he goes easy. It yeah, because Anakin has like that that soft spot, and you you see it in Return of the Jedi. That's yeah, just... the, the soft spot wasn't developed till the, till the last movie. Okay. It wasn't priced in yet. All right. <laughs> That's fine. But you can make that argument. In this one, it's like Ray, her parentage, which, by the way, I really like what they did, and I hope they keep it this way. I'm just hoping they don't change it in the next movie. It's like, whoa, she's actually uh, a Skywalker or a Kenobi. I hope her, her parents were really junkyard people that sold her off for booze. That's a perfect way for this story. What was that? I hope so too. I, I, again, I think these things were. I thought those I, those decisions were actually good. They were. Yeah. I we don't we don't oh, need right. Ray's parents to be important. Like it just it doesn't no, have do, to be a storyline. Yeah, I agree with Ray. But now here's my criticism. My criticism is with Disney, and for dangling those threads in front of us in Episode Seven. That is a fault on their part. That never had to be done. Well, also, I guess I got to blame fans. We have certain expectations. I don't know. It's, it's tough to put the blame. One of the one of the things I've been saying about the Last Jedi is that in a vacuum, it's a much better movie than it is, uh, you know, watched with, with the uh, the Force Awakens in mind. So here's the thing: most other Star Wars movie leaves you leave you with a cliffhanger, leave you having something to talk about. You know, Han getting frozen. Okay, cool. The Clone Wars. What the fuck was that? Great. Uh, <laughs> but, but then this movie doesn't really leave you with any sort of cliffhanger at all. If it would have ended sort of in that red throne room after Snoke dies, and of course there's a bunch of great stuff that happens afterwards, but if it ends in that, in that throne room when Snoke dies and it's just like, will Kylo turn or not, this movie has an entirely different feel to it. But instead it ends where it's going to have to do sort of a time jump to kind of conclude to where the story is going next. That's kind of how I feel. I don't know about you guys. So you're saying you don't think the part with the resistance ring on a little kid that has the force, that's not a cliffhanger enough for you? It's really not. Like, is that the whole reason we went to the casino planet for Broom Kid? Could be. Uh, it could have payoff. I, 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 now here's, here's my problem with the, with the sort of closed ending um, without leaving much. It, it looks like going into episode, like nothing was really set up for episode nine other than Kylo Ren being the villain. But the seeds about him turning good have already been planted. So now they have to make a decision in the writing room as to whether or not they're going to continue. Oh. Like a regular Star Wars movie and Kylo Ren's going to turn good at the end of it. That's my current issue with the, with the direction they took this movie going into the next one. I think I have more issues with the Star Wars universe being handled by Disney than I do with The Last Jedi specifically. Because, are you talking about, like, characters, like, they paid Brianna Tarth a bunch of money, and then they showed her under five minutes screen time? I was cool. I'm cool with that, dude. I think Star Wars is built on that. Because, are you making the Boba Fett we comparison? We yeah, because it'd be Boba Fett, it could be Jabba the Hutt. Like, you, sometimes you just get these characters for a little. Uh, you know, we don't need tremendous backstories. We don't need, 
I don't know why they had to pay Gwendolyn Christie. They probably paid her a lot to do that. Um, yeah, they did. She was kind of hulking, too. <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I'm not I'm not too upset. I, I was more upset with the way Captain Phasma was treated in the first movie. Um, I feel like we got some resolve in this one. You know, we seem to do something all right. She gets know? bested so easily, dude. And Finn she was dies. a fucking, she dies. She fucking, dies. She dies. he was a janitor, dude. She's the captain. And she lets down the shields in the first movie and she doesn't get demoted? Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. I've gone nerding out for 100% right now. The movie itself... Yeah. If you just cut the Finn and Rose storyline out in general, in the, the hacker part, the movie is incredible. I was thinking about this more and more before we did this. I love every single... Think... What was that, Angel? Wait, wait. Are you talking about... Are you talking about The Last Jedi? The movie is incredible if you cut out... Finn and Rose. Wow. That is not the vibe I was getting from you. That's been... how I feel. I think the movie's pretty good if you cut out that side plot. I've been thinking about this. I spent the last two hours really, really reflecting on it. And the movie, the more I think about it, the more I love Kylo Ren and his backstory. The guy pretty much has three dads. And like, you, as everyone knows, I have a great relationship with my dad. So now that I can see Kylo Ren having three dads, that's awesome. Snoke is his mentor and kind of his dad. And before that, Luke was his mentor and kind of his dad. And his actual dad, Han Solo. So he's had three constant father figures that have tortured him and really have said he's, he's something special, but he'll never live up to it constantly his whole life. And one of them tried to kill him. One of them pretty much disowned him. And the other one pretty much tried to own him and use his power. So... Kylo, to me, is one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting villain in the last 10 years. Uh, well, I think you're not giving Deccan Shaw and his brother any credit in the Fast movies. So why don't you just take a step No, back there's no fucking way. Movie. You get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, also, uh, also Gus, Gus Fring exists. Okay. Gus Fring is a really good example. Suffering um, is the best villain in the last 10 years. Okay, for me, my list of better villains than Kylo Ren in franchises is like Magneto, and that's really it. <laughs> yeah. I just, my, again, I, I, I want to uh, remind people that I very much enjoyed this movie, and I'm with Angel. I think I need to see it again to really know how I feel about it, because it was a lot to digest. It's just, to piggyback off what you're saying about this movie didn't end with a cliffhanger. It just brings me back to the only person's arc that I think is significantly changed in this movie is Kylo's. Like the two relationships I now care the most about um, moving forward in episode nine. I want to know how Kylo and Hux are dealing with their low key dominant, like battle for dominance. And I want to know what the fuck's going on with him and Ray and why they can talk to each other by using the force. You mean, Those are really you mean- the only two things that happen in this movie that I now care significantly about and want to know answers going forward. Well, I got the answer for you. They use for they use force time, which was provided to them by Snoke. So they got that down. Um okay. that's the only that's that's one answer. And the other one, obviously Kylo is the main focal point for me. He is the most interesting character and he's the person I care about the most. Rey even didn't do much for me in this movie. And I know like a lot of people love Rey, but she's sort of bland and vanilla, and that's great. But she can she's very strong, can move rocks, and she's a very powerful Jedi. That's that. That's uh, that's all I really have for her. I don't really have the personality that drives a character. Am I am I crazy for saying that? I don't know if crazy is the word I would use. Um, I think the problem with Ray is they've built this character up to be someone who's incredibly powerful, but someone who's always looking for guidance. 
And it's kind of hard to give someone a significant personality when the character themselves doesn't know what their personality is because they keep looking for outside sources for help. Like Ray, Ray, if we're saying Ray is a real person, she doesn't understand what her personality is because she's never had anyone in her life to help give her guidance. Right. So she hasn't been able to like stand on her own two feet, but at the same time is completely independent and can stand on her own two feet, but she just wants that acceptance in her life. It's a weird character. Like it's a very complex character, but I, I get what you're saying. I just, I think there's more there than you're giving credit for. It's probably true. Angel. I'm sorry. Say it again. Oh, we're talking about Ray and what you think of her. Yeah, um, I, I don't really. I'm, I'm kind of uh, indifferent on Ray in this movie. I feel like I'd have to watch it again. I don't really feel like this movie was about Ray much. That's why I, I have no opinion on it. I feel like this movie was about Kylo and uh, and Luke, to be honest. And we 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 we've glossed over Luke. I know we'll get to him because I know we probably have a lot to say on that. But yeah, with regards to Ray. The, the, the biggest thing about that, I agree with Greg, that I don't really feel like she's gotten there anywhere. She uh, she has drive. She has this, she, she's the same character she was in the last movie at the end of this film, just that she knows she's not important. Or is she? Yada, yada. Who cares? But again, I'm indifferent. I'd have to see it again. I'm having trouble even knowing much of, like, remembering much of what Ray offered to this film. I like the character a lot, but uh, yeah, indifference. Let's talk about Mark Hamill then. His first wow. real real acting appearance in a long time, and he definitely got some. Angel, your door's open. I think your door's open. <laughs> your door open, my friend. My door. My seatbelt's not on. I got you. You, you should probably put your seatbelt on, dude. This is a contention point for us. Um, Mark Hamill, his first real movie in a long time where he's acting, and it, it he's I think, he kills it. Yeah, I think this is his best acting job. Not that it's. I mean, he was never really a great actor. He's a great Joker. He's a great Luke. Because he is those people. But I think in the Star Wars movie, he actually puts on his best performance in this movie. Yeah, and we're, we were talking about, like, what... Ray clearly served a purpose in this movie, and it was to advance Luke's storyline. Which is, again, why I don't think Ray had an arc. Ray was once just used as a motivator for getting Luke to do what Luke needed to do. But I'm with you. I, Mark... Mark Hamill crushed this movie. I think he was my favorite part of this movie. And I know he disagreed. Do you guys have any... Go ahead. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna... I was going to say, do you guys have any criticisms with the way Luke was handled in this movie? Because this... <laughs> I mean, this is the biggest part. Uh, this drives a lot of the controversy. I think Mark Hamill said himself he wasn't too sure about it. After you, Greg. Um, honestly, I thought it was as close to well done as you could do. I, I think it would have been disingenuous for this person, Luke, who clearly wants nothing to do with anything because he feels like all the problems in the world are created by him. Doesn't, doesn't want any contact with anyone and would have to be extremely pushed to get back into the game basically. And that's what happened. Um, I guess the only thing, I thought was going to happen was uh, when Luke basically just like imagined himself on the salt planet. I honestly thought Luke was going to be like, yo, why don't you use my code to get people to answer to you? Not just walk out there and fuck with the head of 
Kylo Ren a little bit. I mean, I like that he did. It's just when he showed up, I thought like Luke had a secret code that they were going to blast out to the world. <laughs> and the world's going to be like, oh shit, Luke's back. We're back on this. Right. Instead, it was just him becoming one with the Force and using... This is a controversial topic also. Like, did, did Luke die from this? Did he become, like, the one with the Force the way Ben Kenobi did? Is he going to be a, a ghost just like Yoda is? Did he make that choice himself, or did he just force himself to death? That's really what, what you know. And by the way, Greg, one of my, my other complaints about this movie is... Uh, lights And Angel hates when I say this. Uh, lightsabers never touch each other this whole fucking movie. And I go to Star Wars to see lightsaber battles, and there is zero. That was, uh, that was great. You saw a lightsaber. You saw a sword fight multiple times. You saw Ray versus Luke, which was excellent. That that ten seconds itself tightened my pants. <laughs> you saw, you saw Ray and Kylo in the throne room. That was sick. That's the and best you scene. Saw in the movie. An, you, know, you saw, you saw an imaginary fight. It was great. Yeah, that didn't bother me at all. I, I I didn't need to see lightsabers gently touch tips to get my jimmies off in this movie. The throne room scene is maybe is a top is it a top three scene in Star Wars history? It's amazing. The throne room scene is being overlooked. It is excellent. The choreography and 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 the direct like the directing is amazing. And you could feel oh, that. Like about um, I forgot about Finn and Captain Phasma. They also had a lightsaber fight. Just without lightsabers, you know. Yeah, they're not lightsabers. It's like some sort of swinging electric barb. Um, the the throne room scene when they when you think they're gonna co- they're finally coming together. My whole movie theater clapped. We're like, oh shit, this is it. I was hyped. I was jumping up and down in my chair. And then when all of a sudden Kyle was like, Ray, take my hand in like the most desperate, lonely voice. Like, please, and you're the only one that understands me. Join my side. And she's like, no. I was like, Ray. Why not? <laughs> I know I know, I shouldn't have thought that way, but I immediately was like, yeah, team up with Kylo and rule the universe. And I I, I just don't know what they're going to do with Kylo now because we know he has that good inside of him. He is. They're both sort of the yin and the yang. They both are the gray area Jedis. And, and I think they both, like, obviously Kylo is more bad than he is good and the opposite with Rey, but we see Rey go down the darkness hole. We see her have the, the sort of... Uh, brushes with the dark side of the force. They both are the sort of gray Jedis now. Where do they go from yeah, here? I, I, I think the thing, the Hux is going to play a big role in the ninth movie, I feel like. And I think we're going to, one of the best subtle scenes is Hux walking into the throne room after all that shit happened <laughs> and seeing that Kylo is basically knocked the fuck out and he's contemplating just ending him there so he can have full claim to himself. Um, so I think I think Hux is going to play a major role moving forward in terms of us understanding which way Kylo eventually ends up. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I, I don't have another point after that. That's, that's really all I Let's talk about the animals in this movie really quick. Porgs. Okay. I actually liked Porgs. Yeah. Are those the horses? Cool. I have a, no, Porgs are the I little a, puppy things. I'm sorry. I don't even know if I'm being heard. Yeah, well, you're being heard. There's like a bumping in the background. Are you driving also? <laughs> I'm totally driving. I know, dude. It's crazy. Um, so uh, we're talking about porgs, and you're definitely being heard. Okay. I'm down with the porgs. I, one of my other primary issues with this movie is that they abandoned, uh, they abandoned animatronics and puppetry in favor of CGI a little too much. Outside of Yoda, which is awesome. 
I didn't like that. I like that the Force Awakens returned to using, uh, you know, re- uh, not CGI. I feel like The Last Jedi is a regression back to CGI and, and, and prequel stuff. Well, even, of Yoda, of course. even in The Last Jedi, the I mean, uh, in, in The Force Awakens, the last scene in the forest is all not CGI. They made the whole real snow forest for them to actually act in. Obviously, the last scenes are CGI in The Last Jedi. That's nothing. You can't really make that make what they wanted to do there, the red the red salt and all that. But Porgs in general, the crystal critters, uh, the blue milk giraffe four-titted monster, I was all about that. Like, those are all things I really enjoyed the creation of, and I thought I would hate them. I thought I would hate Porgs. They, I thought they were going to be the minions, sort of, of Star Wars. But I kind of enjoyed the the essence they brought to the movie. I didn't like the horses things as much. I was not really a fan. Uh, I liked the crystal critters because they served the purpose. Um... I'm not gonna lie, my life would have been totally fine if Porgs didn't exist. I, thought I didn't the, need them. I thought the che- I didn't need Chewbacca eating, uh, eating Porgs and the Porgs looking at them was pretty funny. But a lot of the comedy in this movie, for me, sort of felt flat. Just in general, I think there's like a couple funny moments, but a lot of the times it, it sort of felt forced. They were kind of going towards that Marvel comedy, but it didn't land like it did in like a Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it's it's one. It's hard to compare. I mean, Thor was so good that it's hard for any movie to kind of hit the same tones in terms of comedy and action all at the same time. And two, it's just, it, this was a hard storyline to play out to kind of use humor because the guys that you have that are natural, the, the please hold thing with Poe and Hux, I think was good. That was funny. Um, but Poe is usually your go-to funny guy. Uh, and he was playing a role in this movie where it was like, why is nobody listening to me? We're going to die. This isn't really a time to be funny kind of character. Well, your other funny character is Finn. And they, they, what does Finn do that's funny in this movie? Yeah, Finn, Finn, I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you that Finn was properly used in this movie. I don't think he was. I, I just, I don't have a problem with the introduction of Rose like you do. That's fair. I, for me, Rose, and this is maybe a controversial take, when I first saw Rose, my first thought about Rose was, okay, is she in this for the Chinese market? Because Star Wars doesn't... I feel like they forced that character on me to do well in China. That's literally what I felt. Because her character development was zero. I felt like she added nothing. It was a fake romance. And that, that was it. I just was like, oh, this is a prop so that Disney added so they could do well in a market they suck at. Uh, the yeah, script doesn't. I'm going oh, no, to agree with you actually there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm definitely going to agree with you there because she really, I, like, I don't think I like her at all. <laughs> and it, she really, she almost feels phoned in. Like, the movie took a very artistic approach to being made. You can tell Ryan Johnson had his own vision. But with regards to Rose, I feel like, like, studio executives came over to him and was like, we're like, you, you have to include this character. And even with like, like with regards to the whole casino plot, the whole thing really felt dialed in for, uh, for, for, for another market. It's bizarre. It was really bizarre. I think it almost doesn't feel like it belongs to the rest of the movie. It doesn't. It feels like it was just part, like, okay, Transformers the robot movies do crazy well in China for some it, some ungodly no like reason. It feels like an escape sequence from from the Marvel movies, from like Guardians, but but not well executed because that's all it really is. It's a it's a prison escape sequence that 
uh, like Benicio del Toro just happens to be there, and he's a he's a backup key master, and then really he just I don't, it, was, it was really all over the place. The pacing of the casino scene is not good at all. No, and then she lets uh she lets one of the horses go, and she's like, "This is was was all worth for. I let this one horse go." Like what? You just got the whole rebellion killed. <laughs> like the whole thing. There's like 15 people left. Mo- part of it because of you. Yeah. It, so here are where my two issues come in. One with about Rose specifically. Um, I don't think the movie did a good enough job of telling us that the person who blew up the dragnaught was her sister. Um, oh, I like, she keeps saying that my sister just died kind of thing. And we get it, but there's just there was no relationship between them at all. She just is there she one ho- minute, and she then holds the necklace. The that's, that's it. Yeah, but how did she even get the necklace? Sister's dead. It's, it's actually, they're actually half <laughs> necklaces. They they go into each other. That's the whole point. Uh, um, got your back. Well, but wait, wait. wait. I, I have a side note though. How do those bombs drop when there's no gravity in space? Come on, dude. That's that's power science, bro. They just drop though. They're they're like, let's bomb. And meanwhile, Carrie Fisher's floating in space like 20 minutes later. Just floating. But these bombs, they don't... The not... ships create the gravity. There's an entire gravitational force above the Star Destroyer. Okay. Don't you get this? <laughs> don't you get this? And also, the That's bombs are standing in the ship. I guess so. Like, moment- momentum still exists in space. If you drop something in space, it will eventually get to the area you dropped it in its direction. Just not smart enough. No, um, you're... You got to get NASA. But my second point, um, before you so rudely interrupted me. Sorry, Greg. How exactly did those three know what the plan was to get the people off the ship? Like, didn't the three of them not really have a conversation with anyone? We're just like, all right, we got to go to the ship now. We'll see you guys later. Like, there wasn't a conversation between Finn and Poe to be like, uh, hey, by the way, while you're on the ship, we're getting on transports and we're going to the planet. That's what we're going to do. Like, there was no conversation for the three of them to know that that was the plan. So for Del Toro to just be like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, the ship's empty and they're running away without you knowing. How does he know that? Yeah, that's a good point. That, that to me, was the biggest flaw in the entire movie. It's just like, bro, you're not, you haven't been made aware of shit. Poe doesn't even know that this is the plan. Poe got knocked out because he didn't want this to be the plan. So I, I, I don't understand how all of a sudden... Del Toro is just like, nah, man, shoot on the transports because that's where the people are. How do you know there are even transports? Were you just like looking out the window when no one else was? It was like, you guys see those uh, 30 little ships over there? You going to do anything about them? <laughs> anything you want to do about that? Um, yeah, that, that didn't make – that was the thing as far as plot points go that didn't make any sense to me. I don't understand how the three of them knew what was happening on the transport ship. Hmm. Totoro does a good job with his character for what he's given. But again, I feel like there was no real that just all felt so jumbled and the pacing was absolutely terrible. Uh I could talk about Star Wars all day. Is there any like major thing we missed here, guys? Uh no. I don't know. I don't think so. I I will say as Angel said before. We didn't, we didn't talk about Laura Dern's character. We didn't talk about Haldo. Okay. I don't know how you guys talk about that. I, I actually thought that was well executed. I've seen some criticism saying, imagine if instead they had Admiral Akbar 
basically play out her character and the point, uh, you know, what, what she ultimately did, and maybe that would have hit more emotionally. But I, I liked it. I really liked. I I, I thought the scene where she uh, she flies the ship into light speed, like through the destroyer. I thought that was a beautiful scene. I thought the cinematography in general was really good, but that scene in particular was uh, one of my favorites in the movie. She does a great job. Just there's that also breaks a ton of Star Wars lore, but it is a, one of the most beautiful scenes. Period. End of story. I don't. I want to know why that wasn't like one of the plans earlier. Like, hey, I'll stay on here and I'll light speed into these destroyers. Why don't we? I just also just. I just want to know why everyone was keeping secrets from each other. Like there was no like just from a a theor, a theoretical standpoint, there was no communication between leadership. It was they they willingly let people die so Poe could learn a lesson basically. Why don't you just just explain to him what you want to do? I don't understand why you have to keep him in the dark. Just be like, "Hey, we're going to distract them. We know they're tracking us. So here's what we're going to do. Just ask ask a question." Or tell someone what the fuck is going on. I didn't understand why people were keeping secrets from each other. It didn't make any sense to me. It was a forced storyline. This is totally forced. I know, but just fucking communicate. That nothing is gained by not telling Poe what your plan is. All it does is fuck things up, as we saw. That's true. It's it's not like did she think he was a spy? Did she think someone on the ship was relaying information? She doesn't think she's a spy. Like there. The whatever the reason is for her to not tell Poe what the plan is, is idiotic. Just fucking explain what the hell is going on. It's very dumb. All right, guys. Uh, I think we've hit most everything here. I want to thank you guys for you know taking time out to talk some Star Wars with me. Maybe we'll do this again sometime once we've seen the movie again. Who knows? Um, Angel, thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for suffering through this freaking phone call uh you know i'm still driving but uh yeah well, take care ryan take care ray uh, uh great ray i told you ray, ray. sorry <laughs> <laughs> no longer friends um thanks so much we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon more bonus podcasts to come stay tuned love y'all bye